you go. You hear the music. Yeah, it's that day. Time for your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. Joining us today, realty expert John Brodeen. Coming in on a cold day today, John. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm good. It's good yeah. to be back in here with you guys, though. You know, I think we were, uh, we've were we been kind of spoiled this winter uh, as far as the weather goes and the temperature and the snow and all that stuff, but uh, what a slap in the face the last couple of days. I was just, just thinking of that <laughs> when I was walking in here. I had to start my car twice this morning. <laughs> uh, there's a buddy of mine that, from my gym that is here from California, oh. and... We were all telling him, hey, we promised it gets cold here. It's just, I don't know what's up with this winter. Mm-hmm. But now, now he gets to see oh, yeah. what it's like. You know, um, I have a friend that uh, wears shorts 365 days a year, and I ran He's into him yesterday. Yeah, and I said, uh, come on, man, you got to be getting cold. He goes, no, it's actually out snow blowing. He goes, I got more to do. And I said, you're not cold. He goes, no, it's not bad. And I go, your legs are blue, dude. <laughs> I mean, they are blue. <laughs> he says, ah, yeah, no big deal. Doesn't care. Um, haven't talked to you since before New Year's. How'd that go for you? Yeah, it was good. Uneventful yeah, right around New Year's. We yep. Were, yeah. No, it it was pretty uneventful. Uh, I'm trying to think what we did. I think the wife and I just stayed in. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't do that much anymore. We don't it used either. Used to be a big deal. Yeah. It's I, again. I call it amateur night. Yeah. I, uh, I I like to stay home if I can. Yeah. Um. Well, we're into a new year now. Uh, we've been talking about this the last couple of months. How things could possibly change uh, in the new year with the election and all that. But um, let's talk about last year, the 2020 market. Now, how did that actually compare to years past? I mean, we had the pandemic. We had all these things going on. But how would you rate 2020? Comparing it to years past, John? You, you'd think it would be a really rough year for the Grand Forks real estate market, but exactly the opposite. Really? One, yeah. One of the biggest things is that the interest rates dropped so dramatically, and that's that's always you know a shot in the arm for the real estate market. Um, gets the buyers out there wanting to purchase. And then the other thing we saw happen, and probably due to COVID, uh, was way fewer listings on the market. So in 2019, average of 306 listings on the market when you average out how many listings were on the market at the end of every month, mm-hmm. right? Uh, this year, 235 listings. And that really, so it's the, the year started pretty normal, like in line with 2019. And then it dropped and dropped and dropped as the year went on. So, the you know, it's it's far below the average. Even right now, it's like 159 active listings on the market, oh. which is crazy low. Um, in November, listings dropped below 200 for the first time since 2016. So it's kind of the perfect storm. It's the type of conditions that are going to cause prices to go up. These are the same type of conditions. I mean, the average uh, sale price between like 2013 and 2015 uh, rose over 40 grand. Oh, so okay. when you've got a really hot seller's market, you it's not like the the average sale price just rises by a you know three percent per year. You know, sometimes it averages out to about 3% per mm-hmm, year, mm-hmm. but it usually happens in bursts where you have a quick climb followed by maybe a plateau followed by a quick climb. Um, that last quick climb was around then and kind of similar market conditions than what we're getting into now. Um, June was the busiest month. Uh, so that's a lot later than usual. It's okay. usually April or May. Um, more homes sold this year. Last year, 700 homes sold. This year, 758 homes sold. Um Lots of activity, even with COVID. Um, the price per square foot is a—it's a great measurement of you know where things are at with uh-huh. the market. Um, even might some might even argue that it's even more of an accurate measurement than the average sale price or the median sale price. Okay, um, it went from one hundred and eight point forty, uh, hundred eight dollars and forty three cents. 
to $111.96. So that means, you know, no matter what size your house is, you're, you know, in most cases, you're getting more for it. The average sale price went up to $246,436. And that, you know, not a huge climb there. I think it was like 245 last year. So not a huge climb. The median sale price dropped slightly. That usually kind of bounces around just depending on which bracket mm-hmm. of homes sell more, you know, during the year. Um, dropped slightly to 225, 283. Um, and if you remember the the median, you know, is when you take the top sale, um, the the bottom sale, or you, you take all the sales, you know, by uh, um, dollar amount, you mm-hmm. list them, and then the median is the one that's right in the middle. So it's going to depend on where the top you know, top sales are at, where the bottom sales are at where they fell. So it's a little more random. Um, so much stronger seller's market. So when we look at the end of every month and we say how many uh, active listings are there and we look and see how many pendings went through that month, you divide the number of active listings by the number of pendings and you get the months of inventory. Um, when you averaged out what that number was at the end of every month, last year it was 5.17. Anything below six is a, a seller's market. This year it was 3.73. So a lot more dramatic Mm -hmm. of a seller's market. Mm -hmm. Um, Less inventory, more activity. Okay, now when you were talking about square footage. Yes. um, Now here's one thing I noticed. Uh, I did a lot of work on some of the newer housing, the new new houses going up on the way south end. Yep. And and it, it seems to me that there's this trend now of these goofy roof lines. Ah. You know, there's there's no ranch style roofs being built anymore yeah. they've got these funky roof lines and i don't know how to me it seems like it's a bunch of wasted space but how does that count when it with the square footage because you really can't do nothing with yeah. with these goofy roofs i don't even know if you could put an attic in them uh because of the you know the rafters and the roof joists and all that stuff but um how does that work because it, it just seems to me like you're giving up a lot yeah that's a good question a lot of it's just for the architectural mm-hmm. uh, look. Of yeah, the, aesthetics. The and, mm-hmm. you, you know, so that's the thing is when you look at the ranches um, being built now versus like the ranches from the 70s, mm-hmm. you see a lot more peaks yep. um, and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just in most cases just attic space above those garages. Some people have, you know, like some finished attic space yep. that they use for storage, but not much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the and, and so when... We were uh, when we calculate this. This is total square footage, so okay. it's not like um, the way an appraiser calculates gross living area is mm-hmm. just the above ground square footage. Yep, this is total square footage. Okay, so um, doesn't you know doesn't factor in whether a basement's finished mm-hmm. or not, mm-hmm. um, or if there's a basement at all. But yeah, it's just okay. just to clarify that. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I personally, I'm I'm kind of a fan of the peaks. You know, yeah. Well, um, they look cool. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't want to be the roofer doing the job or know, or right? the guy building the roof. I know. <laughs> But yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean because when you look at like a neighborhood built after 2008, mm-hmm. which is a 70s built neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, you see these ranch houses look totally different. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, interest rates have been so phenomenally low. Oh, I know. Um, and, and that's been the big question uh, with the change in presidency and, and all of that stuff going on. Well, we've already seen gas jump, what, 30 cents a gallon probably? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, yeah. are the interest rates going to hang low for a while? Or there's really no way to tell, is there? Um, there's there's no real way to tell. But the experts I've talked to, um, they they think there's no reason that they're going to raise interest rate. Well, and the the rates that the that the Fed, um, you know, 
lends money at mm-hmm. is, is not the same as uh, mortgage interest rates. Okay. Um, but from what I've heard that uh, is that the Fed isn't going to, you know, that they don't have plans to raise rates for a couple of years. And there's no real reason for, I mean, mortgage rates are great right now. If you were to all of a sudden jack those up, it it would not be good for the economy, no. especially trying to come back from pan- exactly. pandemic. Exactly, because our economy is not doing very well right now, and that surely would not help. Yeah. So the the other side of that is people would argue that our interest rates right now are, you know, in some cases less than inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's almost like free money, and that they might argue that's not sustainable. Um, but the mortgages are front loaded, and um, so meaning that you know it's not like your interest rate. Most people aren't living in a house for 30 years. So if you get a 30-year interest rate of you know, 2.7, if you only live in it for eight years, you paid a lot more interest than, uh, oh, than 2.7%. Sure. sure. Yeah. Now, usually uh, spring is the hot time. Yep. Um, and you said that was a little different this year. And I would imagine interest rates had something to do with that. Yeah, interest rates and kind of the COVID panic in um, April. Much fewer homes listed. And that almost stayed the same through the entire year. Um, which is kind of a blessing in disguise because people who weren't as serious about selling their home stayed off the market. Mm-hmm. And that's what I recommend for people. If, they're, if you're not serious about selling your home right now, stay off the market because you know, people think, oh, maybe I'll just hang my house up there at a high price. But um, if everyone did that, you'd have a mass – it would hurt all the sellers in town sure, uh, because you'd have more inventory and things sitting for much longer and buyers would – you know, it would it would turn it into more of a buyer's market because remember when inventory goes up. Mm-hmm. Becomes, so um, fewer sellers listing all year. Buyers seem to kind of take those spring months that are typically the hot months and sit on the sidelines. But then they came out in force during mm-hmm. the summer, June being the busiest month for pendings. Normally it's April or May. Um, all right. So so we talk about 2020. Is there a way to predict 2021? I mean, how do you man, guys do that? Or you just you you just play along with the with the whole game. No, yeah, no way to predict it. But from my experience, when I look at the amount of inventory that's out there right now, record low inventory. Usually, these are the lowest active listings. Um, you know, the lowest active listings on the market are going to be during December and January. But the but it's low even by December and January standards. Um, and I don't see a whole. T- you know, it's. It, I think that it, uh, if interest rates stay where they're at, and as long as inventory doesn't jump up to something crazy, we're going to have a, a, another really hot year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's there's too many you know too many good things. The market seems to be moving in such a good direction. Um, you know, it's I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. All right, when you when you say things like record low inventory, yeah, uh, does that make you nervous as being a realty expert? No, um, because I've been through this once. You know. I've been a realtor for six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my seventh year now. Um, I mean, I've seen this before. Like when I started in real estate, inventory was very, very low. And so the things that you need to be ready for if you're um, if you're coming into a market like this is you just need to be very decisive as a buyer. You need to know what you want. And when you, when you see it out there, you have to be ready to pull the trigger because you are going to experience more competition, more buyers out there at once. A lot of buyers all want the same thing. You have to be ready to fight off multiple offers, but then on the flip side, if you're you know selling your home during this time in order to buy your next one, you're in luck mm-hmm. because you're going to have a much easier time getting top dollar in, during these market conditions 
than you would in any other market conditions. So when you mention uh, record low inventory, I would imagine if you're not a very good realtor, maybe you might get a little nervous, but uh, I would imagine guys like you, not a problem then. Not a problem for me. And and to be honest, it's, it's even a little bit easier market because, mm-hmm. because working with buyers doesn't take as much skill. And, you know, working with list, listings still takes a lot more skill than working with buyers. Um, but during this type of market, you know, it's a time when, you know, when you're going to get record sales, um, you're going to see record high sales. And and if you're asking if it seems like a bubble or anything like that, I don't think so. Because when you look at the last five years, um, the average, I guess I don't have it written down, but the the average sale price has stayed pretty stagnant for the last five years. You know, it's it's risen only from about 240 to like 245 in the last oh, five years. Okay. Remember how I said it rose about 40 grand in, mm-hmm. in like three years before yep. that? Yep. So things have been in kind of a plateau. So in my mind, we're kind of due for maybe one of those cycles that we go through where, where prices do rise. If you're a buyer, that should ring some bells in sure. your mind that say, okay, maybe I want to get in on the early end of this, um, you know. And, and in hopes that the market will go up in the next couple of years and you're not stuck at buying a more expensive house. Right. And, and there's another good thing to that, too. Uh, if they're not jumping up that much in average cost is, uh, you know, you hear a lot of complaints in Grand Forks about property taxes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's got to help a little bit, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's possible. Maybe this assessment's a leg behind mm-hmm. a little bit for a little while. Sure. Um, yeah. It's and, and for affordability, people might say, oh, this doesn't sound like a good thing for affordability. But when interest rates are really low and you're locking that in for 30 years, that increases affordability. Yeah. Um, you know, you can now afford a bigger, nicer house, or you can get into the same house with a much lower payment. Um, or if you want to be conservative and really money smart, smart uh, get a 15-year loan. Okay. It's a great time to look into those type of options. Sure. Or, yeah. Um, what was I going to ask you again? Um, I'm kind of lost right oh, now. Here, here's another thing I'll bring up before I forget. Fewer failed sales this year. So when we look at failed sales, those are people who listed their home and then had to cancel um, cancel the listing, with, withdrew it, or expired. Um, essentially, they failed to sell their house. When we add up the canceled, withdrawn, and expired, um, from last year, 354 listings canceled, withdrew, and, or expired. Uh, uh, 254 this year. 100 fewer failed sales, um, even though fewer homes listed. Well, I guess those two things might mm-hmm. go hand in hand, but but people, uh, it also shows more serious people did list their home this year. The less serious people stayed on the sidelines, maybe. Okay, now when you say expired sales, what does that mean? Oh, expired listings. Or expired so listings? You you call me up to sell your home, and we miss the mark on the price, and it sits, and we, we have a six-month listing agreement, um, and it's been six months now. We still haven't been able to sell your home. I say, John, do you want to renew your listing agreement with me you say no i think we should just take it down and we just let it expire your house comes off the market okay now Failed to sell why does that i mean that can't happen very often does it well as you can see here i mean and, and if you can't sell it in six months um there's got to be a reason for that yeah there there are uh, obviously it's happening right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um you know it could be people getting bad advice from their agent it could be just kind of a you know, maybe they miss something simple with staging that's causing it to turn off buyers. Maybe it's a really unique home, and um, it just takes a really unique buyer, and it and it just 
and, wasn't able to sell in that time period. Yeah, and, and I mean, what we're talking about now, um, it, it all sounds like a downer, but this just isn't Berkshire Hathaway numbers. These are this is all the realtors market, yep. in the whole Grand Forks area. Exactly. And this is this is in Grand Forks alone, actually. This is how many were in Grand Forks alone. Okay. I, whenever I give numbers, I typically give Grand Forks numbers because that's my mm-hmm. niche. I do 95% of my business in Grand Forks. Some use Grand Forks, too, but mainly Grand Forks. So... You know, the biggest thing is somebody overpricing their home. You know, get right. That's what I would imagine. Wanting to get a you know a market a a number that the market doesn't support, and they just try to hang it out there, and it Mm -hmm. doesn't work. We tell them over and over. You know, buyers are so educated. You're not going to sell a two hundred fifty thousand dollars house for three hundred grand. It doesn't work that way. Right. But some people uh, try for themselves. I'm not the agent to call for that, but apparently there are agents out there that will do that. You know. Now, would it be a good idea? Well, no, it probably wouldn't because we have stressed this so many times uh, when we talk with you, John, about uh, be prepared. You know, if you're looking to buy or sell, you want to be a couple of months ahead. Yep. So, and that's another important reason why they should meet with you because well beforehand, because like you just said, you might think my house is worth 300,000. Yep. And I'm going to tell you, no, it's not. And we'll bring the people in to prove it uh, that it's not. So, or maybe you think it's worth 300 and and I come in and I say, Hey, you've had some great comps sell lately and there's not much inventory. It's actually worth like 320. Oh, okay. Than you thought you did. Mm -hmm. That's why it's good to talk to me in advance because that now you've got more money to put down on your next one. So now maybe your budget changes for your next house. So you can be more prepared. Like you said, I think people have been listening, you know, a lot of Mm -hmm. people listening to this show because I've been having a ton of people who are well prepared lately and it makes my job a lot easier and makes them a lot happier. Oh, I would imagine because uh, like you said, there are unforeseen surprises that do happen. And if you're ahead of the game, you're usually ahead of those unforeseen surprises too. Yep. You're less likely to be in for an emotional roller coaster yeah. in a bad way. Oh, boy. And I bet yeah. you you've seen a few of those over the years, too. I have. I have. And um, I horror stories and, yeah. well. Causes an emotional roller coaster for me. Oh, I would imagine. <laughs> being in, yeah. Being yeah. in on it. Well, I mean, you, you could work for months with a client, and if something happens like that, it's like, wow. Yeah. I hate to you see know? them get disappointed mm-hmm. by something, even if it's, yeah. So if, if, if now the the way you won't get disappointed is to get a hold of a realty expert, like we said, months in advance, yep. have all your ducks in a row. That way you're going to know about your financing. You're going to know what it's really worth, what you're going to be able to give them. And, and, but that's what you do. Yep. That's what I do. So that's the biggest, you know, that's what the well, um, the, you know, the really organized, well-prepared buyers and sellers, they're in touch with me months in advance to make this thing as easy and smooth on them as possible. They know what they want, and this is that's the way that they're going to get what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John Brodine, realty expert from Berkshire Hathaway. How does somebody get a hold of you? Somebody uh, wants to buy or sell? Yeah, uh, call or text me, 701-213-5428. Uh, that's my cell phone number. I'm talking to new people constantly. I love answering questions for people. Even if you're not going to be moving for a couple of years and you want to run a couple of questions by me, reach out. So are you up to like meeting a client for a cup of coffee or any of Absolutely. that kind of stuff? I would imagine that's all part of the game, huh? Do it all the time. Yep. Uh, you coming back on Friday? Yes. Yep. Perfect. Back. All right. Uh, there you go. John Brodine. He's your realty expert from Berkshire Hathaway and their Berkshire Hathaway biweekly podcast. Always good to have John in the studio. He's always prepared. He's a numbers guy. He's, he, he's got his crap together. Uh, so if you're looking to buy or sell... You got the number, 701-213-5428. Stay tuned. Another Berkshire Hathaway biweekly podcast coming up Friday morning. Till then, 
Have yourself a great week.